on this episode of Why Watch That. I don't like saying the name. I don't like looking at it. And it's not because, you know, I'm like, oh, oh, okay, well, this is, you know, (laughs) third grader. They've been friends for years, and she's been his shoulder to cry on and do other things on. What? Oh. I don't care. I'm not interested. I found it off-putting. I found it predictable and pathetic. Oh, my. What is it like to feel trapped? What is it like to feel used? What is it like to have your family split apart? What is all of that like within horror sci-fi? But what's the catch? Right. One thing is, you don't know what power you're going to get until you take it. Also, you might die from taking it. Okay. But she did really good work in the deuce. I'm serious. She did really good work. I'm sure you thought she did. She did. (laughs) I'm serious. And her character has a nice arc in the deuce. Anyway. Okay. (laughs) Why watch that as a podcast featuring the critic and referee who go head to head on a quest to discover the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic. Well, nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome to Why Watch That. This episode of Why Watch That is supported by Entrepreneur Meal Plan. It helps leaders and professionals feed their bodies and businesses well. You know, Critic, I got Mm. a chance to attend a wonderful event by EM here Uh in Los Angeles and it was so amazing because Brandy Cochran was able to gather people from all sorts of walks of life. We were able to gather together, have real talk and some real good food too. Mm -hmm. It was a hit. It's food for the soul and the body which is so hard to find. So if you want to learn more about Entrepreneur Meal Plan whether you're an entrepreneur or not Go to entrepreneurmealplan.com. The Why Watch That Talk. All right. Oh, <laughs> I'm starting. I'm starting to stress. Oh. And it has nothing to do with the pandemic. No, actually, it does. It has everything to do with the pandemic, but not what you would naturally think, listeners. I'm just stressed about little things. <laughs> and the little things. Yes, that. And you know what? I just need to get over myself. Okay, so <laughs> we, oh, and you'll find out in a second why I'm just hot and bothered. Just bothered. I'm bothered. Um, I know, listeners, you're probably shaking your head going, I didn't sign up for this wail of a, you know, this woman wailing on us. But here's the deal it is almost September. Under normal circumstances, every year that I can remember, we would basically be gearing up for fall television, right? So, you know, at the end of the summer, you get what you get. You know, kids are going back to school, things of that nature. Well, we're under different circumstances and we have streaming companies. So this fall coming in and coming out of the summer It's just looking a little differently. And for those of you who have been staying safe at home, for those of you who've decided to travel a little bit, you're probably wondering, my God, when was the last time I watched regular television? (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, it's still going, but in the form of streaming. And that's what we have to offer you, um, with the exception of maybe one show. So we're going to talk about some TV show premieres. And then we're also going to talk about a first look that the critic got a chance to see. And a sneak peek. Ooh, oh. This is coming. I mean, we don't do too many sneak peeks in this, you know, we we used to pack them on because we were going to the theater to watch it. And we were, we were. Frankly, it's, it's, I mean, really, it's not a lot out there that's worth talking about. Sorry. And that is just the truth. And that's the way it is. Mm -hmm. Um, At least talking about it. We could review more. We could. (laughs) Let's let the listeners know that we watch more than we review. Yeah. Because we're not here do to tell. bash. Yes, do you tell. You know, we really Make it aren't. clear. It is why watch that. So if if there is no reason for that we can come up with for that, then we won't. Now, it doesn't mean that if we don't like it, we won't review it. If we don't like it and we can say something about it that's useful, we will. So that's where we stand. Um, so, yeah, there have been things that have been seen that will not see the light of day on why watch that. And that's just the way it is. And I'm glad that you brought up that point and clarified because that doesn't go just for film. It also goes for TV shows right. that we um, sift through all of the offerings that we currently have. Now, we meaning mostly the critic. <laughs> and I'll throw in, you know, I'll throw in, hey, did you see, you know, here and there. But <laughs> for the most part, we're scouring, scouring, we're, we're, we're scraping you know, as much as possible to see if it's something that we can talk about. And we've got something to talk about. Now, is it all for us? No, (laughs) not necessarily. No, but is it for some of you? Absolutely. So let's start with the reason why I'm hot. (laughs) Now there's a new show called five bedrooms. I have no qualms with that. That's fine. Mm -hmm. It is what it is. You'll tell us about it. Mm -hmm. Eight episodes. But I'm, it's on Peacock. And uh, I just, I don't like saying the name. I don't like looking at it. And it's not because, you know, I'm like, oh, oh okay, well, this is, you know, <laughs> third grader. But it's just a real interesting network that I have no desire to run out and grab. But maybe you can change our minds, or my mind, critic, mm. and talk to us about five bedrooms. This could be worth us getting a month's worth of subscription. I don't know. Could it? Um, you know, I I want this to be the Spanish name. It would be Cinco Recamaras. I like that better than Five Bedrooms. But anyway, oh, okay. This is coming to us from the Aussies. Um, filtering through Peacock for us here in the States. And as always with Peacock Originals, oh, God. they give you the first episode free. Then if you want to watch the remaining, should you pay? So, of course, the question is, should you pay to watch the remaining episodes? That's my task. In this show, I'm going to keep it short and sweet. There are five people who decide to buy a house together. They are not related. Most of them aren't even friends. They met at a wedding and someone had an idea and said, hey, all of you should just live together. Why not? Because you could pool your resources and get a really great house better than you could separately. They decide to do this. Now, one of these people, um, she's actually in love with one of the guys she's moving in with, we find out. But this man is married. Oh. And they, yes. And, but they've been friends for years, and she's been his shoulder to cry on and do other things on. What? Oh. So what's going on with that? Now, 
another two of the people who move in, they're friends. Um, one of whom is living with his mother, but he hasn't told his mother that he's gay. So his mother is still looking at him going, when are you going to get married? Oh, what's that going to turn into? Now, the his friend, she is kind of closed off. You know, she wants her own space. But she does have a little fling with another one, the fifth person who's moving in. This this guy oh who's a construction Oh my gosh, man. I can't so, keep up. So, uh, so, you know, when they move in, she's like, you know, all that stuff we did, forget it. You know, this, that was just for fun. Or was it? So the whole thing is, how is this dynamic going to play out? Plus, the house they decide to buy, is it the house they thought they were getting when they put up the money? They put a lot of money into it. And two of them are realtors. Okay? So what happens if the house isn't as great as they thought it was going to be? Also, the woman who suggested that they move in together. What's going on with her? Because she is friends with the woman who's friends with the man who's married. And the woman who's friends with the man who's married was living with her before she moved into this house. Wait, back that up. She's mm-hmm. friends with the woman who's <laughs> so friends the, that's right. with the man. Okay. So the woman it's who suggested messy. the five of them move in together is friends with and is, is essentially providing shelter to the woman who's friends with the man who's married and they have something going on. This is the kind of show you're dealing with. So this really is a prime time soap. That's what we would call it here in the States. Um, So you think of what Shonda Rhimes has done, brothers and sisters, maybe even, what's that show everybody loves? With with Sterling in it. Oh, This Is Us. Oh, it's a drama. But not in that land, but it's lighter than This Is Us. Okay, um, so it's not so dramatic. Okay, right. So, but if you are if you are swept up in all of those kinds of shows, you can go back to I don't know thirty something. You know, if we go years. In oh, the past. Melrose Place. The, oh. Yeah, those kinds of ensemble soap opera prime time mm. shows. That's where this is, and we've had so many of them. The question is, is this one worth it? Not unless you're one of those people who just can't get enough of these kinds of shows. Otherwise, let me just say that the woman who is friends with the guy who's married and she's, you know, really in love with him, that's really the center of the show. And that for me is not interesting. I don't care. I'm not interested. I found it off-putting. I found it predictable and pathetic. Oh my. So that was my opinion of it. So for me, I was like, okay, I've seen these kinds of shows a million times and this is not distinguishing itself in a good way, but it might for you, if this is your cup of tea. The question though will be as always, Ref, are you willing to pay at least $5 to finish the whole season? Got it. Okay, so what we do know is that you do like a couple shows on Peacock. So if you are interested listeners, you know, oh, that sounds like, if you're, you're like, oh, that's, I kind of, that would be a great escape. And you can go back and listen to some of our other reviews of original shows on Peacock, it might be worth just exhausting the free trial if there is one. Mm -hmm. And if there really isn't, just forking out $5 to take advantage of the other shows as well. So thanks for that. That was a lot happening there. (laughs) But perhaps what could be a little more simpler is our next show, which is on Apple TV+. Plus. Now, they've got to be happy because they've got some you know, mojo behind them with the Emmys um, and, and things like that. Ted Lasso is its new addition. But I had to ask the critic, what? Because this thing is already renewed for season two. 
already. So it is based on a character that was in NBC's promo reel of some sort. Like during the sports premiere league coverage, they would have these promos and this character was there. I mm-hmm. What is happening, Apple TV Plus? Yeah, so they just took this character who was in commercials and made a show for him or in the promos for uh, Premier League, which is soccer, if you don't know that, or football everywhere else, as it's called. So Jason Sudeikis plays Ted Lasso, and Ted is an American college football coach. Now, this is American football, not soccer. He's an American college football coach who um, his team won uh, like Division Two or something. So, great. Now, across the pond in England, uh, there is the new owner of a soccer team. Oh, yes. And her name is Rebecca Welton. She is the new owner of AFC Richmond, and she got the ownership from her ex-husband in their divorce. (laughs) Now, she says, this Ted Lasso, he's the coach for us. He's never coached soccer. Oh, my gosh. Why does she want to do this? Does she see something in Ted? Or is there an ulterior motive? That's the Mm. question. Now, Ted also has, I guess, a close friend of his, but his assistant coach who comes along with him, Coach Beard. So he comes along and he kind of knows a bit about soccer. Ted knows nothing about it. Ted's Mm. not really concerned about soccer because that's not really where he wants to focus his coaching energies. Instead, he's all about, hey, let's get all of these guys together, make them a group, and that's the success. Wins and losses, pa. <laughs> okay. Now, Ted decides to take this job, comes along with Coach Beard across the pond, leaves his wife and son in the States. Oh, why? Why would he do such a thing? And this is a comedy. Ted Lasso is a good guy. So why would he do that? And when he gets to meet this team, well, how do they receive him? <laughs> and how do the people in the community who've been rooting for this team their whole lives receive him? Right. That's the question. And can Ted ingratiate himself with everyone enough to actually become someone they like, regardless of the wins and losses? That's really the question. And so far, I've seen the four episodes that have released as of taping, And that may tell you something, because maybe I actually like it. I will say this. Remember uh, Major League Ref? (laughs) (laughs) We've been dating ourselves this whole whole podcast. Charlie Sheen, okay? (laughs) That movie and and others. Uh, Mr. Uh, State Farm himself. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) It's similar to that if that movie had a heart. So if that movie had a heart, that would be Ted Lasso. So it's not nasty or crass. And really, it's not a laugh out loud kind of show. You'll chuckle here and there. But I, my little black heart was warmed watching the show. It really was. I do think that Jason Sudeikis playing Ted Lasso is perfect. It just makes a lot of sense. The cast is great. And and I just I just want to be with these people for about a half an hour each episode. So it's not that long. So I'm just enjoying being in that moment with them. And I think everybody, if you want to see Major League with a heart, then Ted Lasso is for you. 
Well, it is difficult to warm that dark, cold, black heart. And if Ted Lasso can do it, it might be worth a shot, listeners, to just check it out. At least in, you said it's only 38, 30 minutes? Yes, yeah, it's a normal, you know, comedic t- TV length. Yeah. Yeah, so it's not a huge commitment, listeners. You can give it a whirl. Dead Pixels ugh, is coming. <laughs> is coming to us on the CW, already renewed for season two. I think if you could just squeak by it, not saying that Dead Pixels is, I, I think they are, people are renewing stuff all over the place. They're like, look, yeah, we don't need this programming. If you work a little, mm. <laughs> we're going to make it work. Yeah. But this is coming um, to us from CW. And you've been reviewing a lot of CW's stuff, bef- you know, lately, because honestly, a lot of us listeners, and I'll say it again, we kind of, if we're of a certain age or a certain taste, we kind of go past CW. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it, for a while, it was a lot of DC, mm. a lot of DC stuff. And, you know, if that's not your world, then it's easy to, to look past it. But for the past, I would say, you know, during this pandemic, I'll say specifically, Critic, you've been bringing us some very interesting things on CW. So what what, what is this Dead Pixels about? This is another show right from across the pond. Mm. <laughs> I think we're seeing so, a pattern here. We are. Um, now, you know, CW will do this in the summertime, but look, inventory's running low. Let's get it over here. Now, this show, it's about people who essentially want to play uh, the, the... I forgot the entire title of these kinds of games online. It's like MM something. But it's these multiplayer, massive, whatever they call them things. Oh, like Fortnite and stuff like that? Exactly. So it's okay. like that. Uh, MMORPG. Oh, okay. Okay, massively multiplayer online role-playing game. Okay. So they are immersed in this. When they're at work, they're playing it. When they're at home, they're playing it. And there are three friends who play this together. Because the whole thing about these kinds of games is if you team up with other people, you're more likely to get certain uh, prizes and treasure and be able to unlock other things. And it's this whole world of stuff that, Uh, goes into that. And there is real money involved. So you can mine for money to buy things or you can pay. And there are people who can come and essentially beat you up and take your stuff. Wait, what? In the the games. Like bookies? Bookie? Like a... No, literally, like you're in this world, ref. And let's say I have a shield that you want. If you defeat me, like you challenge me, we fight, and you beat me, you take my shield. Oh, 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 I thought you were talking about playing for money. If you don't pay up, I went dark. I went like, oh, my gosh, I see bookies. <laughs> no, no, this is all in that in the online player Got it. in the okay. game world. Right. So that's what what we're dealing with here. And these three friends, Meg, Nikki and Usman, they each have certain things they want to do, maybe outside of the game. But the game takes precedence. Meg, for instance, really wants to have a boyfriend and have fine love. At the opening of the first episode, she's on a date, but she gets a call about they're being attacked in the game. What's she going to do? <laughs> and she's like, look, I am here on a date and I'm enjoying it. <laughs> but what happens? Now, uh, another one of them, uh, Nikki, 
he just, he can't give it up at all. I mean, he's at work screaming and his coworkers are looking like, what are you doing? <laughs> so he's really the serious one. He's the one who called Meg uh, uh, and said, hey, you know, you need to get online and help me oh out. Oh my gosh. And then there's, uh, there's also Usman here who, you know, he has kids that he's watching, his own kids. His wife is out. How does he do this and play the game? Oh, Lord. Meg and Nikki are like, how is this so easy for you? He's like, oh, it's no problem. They're really easy. You'll see what he does <laughs> to make sure that it's easy to take care of little kids <laughs> while he's playing a game. So in this episode, the first one, what happens is Meg meets someone new at work. And this guy, she she doesn't even know how to act around him. By mistake, she's she's winking at him. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. So, of course, he comes over. Is he interested or not? But he sees what she's playing. He's very interested in that. And he wants to join with them playing in this game. He creates an avatar and so on. And he's willing to use his own money to buy stuff. So what do you think they do to him? (gasps) And then the question is, is that going to get in the way of Meg's possible romantic feelings for him or not? So that's episode one of Dead Pixels. And I will say... If you like uh, what Silicon Valley, that kind of stuff, mm. there was a show ref on on Amazon Prime years ago that was you know in this kind of tech space. I forgot the name of it. That kind of stuff. If that interests you, I would say check out Dead Pixels. I did like the first episode, um, so I will keep watching it. They had it together. It didn't feel new necessarily, but it was solid. Um, Also, I will say, everybody, if you're interested in this kind of role-playing game thing, um, but you don't want to play it, there is a novel by Neil Stevenson. Now, Stevenson is with a PH, and Neil is N-E-A-L. It's called Ring D, but it's really Read Me. It's all about this world. This is how I know everything about it. It's a great book, and it's very long. So if you're really interested and you want to understand the intricacies of this and have a nice plot that goes along with it and a novel thriller, then that would be my suggestion to you as well. Look at that bonus suggestion. My goodness, you're just a wealth of, you're just bubbling over with information. Uh, Dead Pixels again is on on the the CW, as my mom would say. Uh, Lovecraft Country, which sounds like a spinoff of Dead Pixels, like Meg's <laughs> Meg's romance, her romantic, like, Lovecraft country. Um, it is not that at all. It is not a spinoff. In fact, it's on HBO. You know, we're looking at 10 episodes. It doesn't say HBO Max here. This is on regular HBO. Now, if you have HBO Max, of course, you, you know, look at it. But this is HBO producing this or uh, distributing it rather Lovecraft country what are we de- what are we dealing with here well now this series is uh developed by Misha Green and Misha created or co-created Underground remember that oh so, i know what this is i know mm-hmm. exactly what this is ooh my, one of my favorite actors go ahead yes so Misha developed it um and it is produced by JJ Abrams okay Jordan Peele. Okay. Now, two episodes have aired as of taping. And here's what's happening. Now, the Lovecraft is HP Lovecraft. So 
H.P. Lovecraft is a pioneering a figure in the horror novel writing, all of that stuff. Um, so Lovecraft Country is was a part of Massachusetts where he set a lot of his stories. So that is what they're talking about in this show. But the twist is this. What we're dealing with is um, a, a former soldier of the Korean War. So this is a period piece. And his name is Tick, played by Jonathan Majors. Oh, my gosh. You know we love Jonathan Majors. Very nice gentleman. Yes. So at the beginning of the series, he's riding on a bus up from the South, going back home to Chicago. The reason why is because he received a letter from his father, which was strange. And his father's been missing for two weeks. Now, he and his father are estranged. So why is he going up there? It must be really something off. So he's going up there to see what's going on with his father. And when he gets to Chicago, he meets up with his uncle, his father's brother, played by, guess who? Played by our favorite actor from The People vs. O.J. Simpson. Mm-hmm. Courtney B. Vance? Uh, you, yes. Oh, okay. I was like, I don't know what you were talking about, Cuba. <laughs> <laughs> So Courtney B. Vance, yeah. So Courtney plays George Freeman, his uncle. He has a wife who's played by Anjanou Ellis, Hippolyta, and they have a daughter, a daughter who is very smart, a daughter who is great artistically, but how does that art show up? Well, Uncle George, he will go around the country figuring out places for Black people to be safe to stay and dine in. So we've heard about this, like Green Book and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So he does his own version of it. And it's time for him to go on another trip to figure some things out. So he does join his nephew, Tick, on this journey. But is there more going on? It now, sounds like it. Yeah. Now, there is a trio of people who go. So the third person here who joins them is played by Journey Smollett. Yes. Letty. Now, she, we see in the opening episode... She has two siblings, and both of them are through with her. She didn't make it to their mother's funeral. Why not? Oh. She comes back to Chicago around the same time as Tick, looking for a job. Her sister's like, "Um, you know where you can go get a job. And if you stay with me, you got two nights before you can get the job, before I kick you out. Dang. What's that about? Well, she doesn't stay long to get the job because she goes with them on the road. Mm -hmm. So they go from Chicago to Massachusetts because according to his father's letter, his father has found out something very important about his mother, Tick's mother. And Tick has a legacy because of his mother. And it's in Massachusetts. Now, throughout all of this, remember, Tick is a veteran of the Korean War. Remember, we have green book like stuff going on here. So they are in danger going to Massachusetts because there are certain parts of the country that are sundown towns. Meaning if you're caught black after dark, you're dead. Hmm. So that's the world we're living in here. So as they go across the country to Massachusetts, they end up in these sundown places. And how do you think they're received? Even in the broad daylight. Mm. So, across these first two episodes, 
we see what's really going on here. We see them get into a lot of dangerous situations. How do they get their way out? And the one thing that we find out at the end of episode one is in this sundown town they end up in, which is where the Lovecraft country is. While you will be in danger if you're black, caught there after dark. What if you're white, caught there after dark? Is there someone looking for you the way you're looking for the black people? Hmm. Okay. Now, keep in mind, everybody, this comes to us not only from Misha Green, but J.J. Abrams and Jordan Peele. So what's happening here? Well, at the end of episode one, you see the horror. I'll put it that way. (laughs) Now, to start the series, there is the sequence where it's just full on sci-fi, but sci-fi like from the 50s, from the time period that we're dealing with here. So you're like, what kind of show am I watching? And then you learn about these characters. We have all of that exposition. And then when they start their journey across the country from Chicago to Massachusetts, what Misha and the creative team did that was so smart is they gave us an extended clip of James Baldwin talking. We're seeing them encounter all kinds of racist elements. And it's James Baldwin talking about the plight of Black people. Mm -hmm. That's when the show started for me. I said, oh, okay. Because the exposition could have been tighter. It could have been cleaner. Mm -hmm. It looks great. But I was like, oh, this is the show. Okay. And then you start to uh, learn even more and more about exactly how they're negotiating Lovecraft, who, by the way, was a racist. So there's a reason why they're using him. Lovecraft's work in this kind of commentary on race then and now. So there's a lot of smart things going on. And I'm interested in how the book did it, Matt Ruff's book. So very interesting how they do it. And even what they encounter in the sundown town when the sun goes down, what both the blacks and the whites encounter, it's so ironic what that is. I won't tell you what it is, but it was so smart. I was like, oh my goodness, of course. When you really think about what they chose, it's great. So this show deals with a lot of things. It certainly has horror elements, The camera work is like that. It has some fantasy sci-fi elements. It has just regular dramatic beats. It has a lot going on in here. But throughout all of that, the question and the comments are about being a Black person in America at any time. What is the existential threat of that? What is it like to feel trapped? What is it like to feel used? What is it like to feel paranoid? What is it like to, in that environment, have to have relationships with other people? What is it like to have your family split apart? What is all of that like within horror sci-fi? Which are, which is like Abrams, the sci-fi, mm-hmm. horror, Peel. the Peel. I'm interested. I will be watching this just because it, I'm curious. So here's my suggestion, uh, piggybacking off of what the ref just said. Who should watch this ref? Here's who. If you like Watchmen on HBO and... I knew it, yeah. And Get Out. Mm-hmm. So if you like both of those, you should be watching this. Um, so that's what I would say about it. Is it perfect throughout? No, but I... And then in episode two, they finally reached this place of legacy in the midst of the sundown nonsense. What? What is going on? And they're greeted like hometown heroes. Why? You will not guess, I'll tell you that, when you keep moving through. So I'm enjoying it. I love that it's only going to be 10 episodes. 
Thank you very much. Um, and we'll see how this ends up. But it, it does feel, it's the same kind of feeling of Watchmen. Yeah, that's that it. Sound, as you were describing it, it sounds very much like Watchmen. And we know that, you know, Lindelof and Abrams, J.J. Uh, Abrams groomed Damon Lindelof during the Lost um, Lost period time. So you, you can... S- you can smell each them on each other. Yeah. And then of course you're going to have some quirky, weird, unexpected commentary on race. Yeah. Coming from the, like the James Baldwin ref. I just want you to watch that sequence. And my brother and I are watching and he's like, that's James Baldwin. Wait a minute. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that is. And then in episode two, you get Gil Scott Heron. So mm. the, like, it's very smart and it's very tricky to do what they're doing. But this is what, this is one thing I do want to say. If you are going to do comments on race, this is how you do it. Do it in a way that is artistic. Yeah. Don't do it in a way that you put it into a show that's crap. I'm tired of that. Yeah. Let's make sure you have everything else in place. Then this you add in and then it's worth it. Then it's worth it. Then I'm ready to listen. I loved the first season of Underground. I will tell you mm-hmm. that. it was. It, she, she was bold and every episode had different elements. I'm very, very excited to see this show let's move on though yeah let's go to the first look that you got a chance to see on netflix oh why watch that first look mm-hmm. it's called project power now some of you already if you're skimming through netflix you, it's already saying number one you know it's it's it is definitely the number one one of the wait a minute what least, is it saying again i missed that Number one, <laughs> it is definitely like one of those top uh, streamed films uh, on Netflix. And again, we're moving to the film world now. And Project Power is written by Matson Tomlin. Now, the directors are Henry Joost, Joost and Ariel Schulman. It stars Jamie Foxx. Now some of you, I can see your light bulbs going, oh yeah, I've seen that on Netflix I'm scrolling through. Well, he's not the only one. Joseph Jordan Lovett, Dominique Fishback, uh, Courtney B. Vance (laughs) showing up here. Rodrigo Santoro showing up. And the guy from Blackish, like season two, I just really enjoyed him. He's, I do, I just, I thought it was, that was such a, you know, anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alan Maldonado um, is is creeping up in there, al- along with other people that you may recognize. Now, listen to the critic very carefully because it's a film like some other films that you've seen before, and or at least the the heart of what it's it's getting at. Mm-hmm. If you like those, if you like what you hear, and he can and he and he tells you about the other films then you might want to go ahead and take advantage of your Netflix or your friend's Netflix account. But I will say this, not to ruin anything. I think you should listen very carefully to his review. Mm. That's all I'm saying. Mm. So we're in NOLA, New Orleans. How did you know that? (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, I know. I'm not going to ruin it. Get you riled up. They tell you. So... (laughs) We're there, and there's this guy who has this drug. He's giving it to drug dealers. He tells them, you can have this drug for free. Go and sell. Bye. No. What? 
what is this drug? Well, it's a pill that you take that gives you five minutes of a superpower. Yes, you become a superhero for five minutes. Wow, that's kind of okay. cool, right? Yeah, Wu Feng Zhong in Mandarin. <sighs> Now, okay, but what's the catch? Right. One thing is, you don't know what power you're going to get until you take it. Oh. So you have no idea. Also, you might die from taking it. Okay. Now, this of course wreaks havoc throughout New Orleans because, of course, people are going to take this, right? Now, one of the drug dealers is played by Dominique Fishback. She is in high school. She has a secret ambition to be a rapper, but there's a reason why. She has to sell this drug, okay? She's not doing it just for fun. But what is that reason? I won't tell you.、Mm-hmm. Now she has a mother who it cares about her, and she cares for her mom as well. So what do you think is going to happen eventually in this movie with that? No,、mm-hmm. okay.、Yeah. Now she is connected to a cop played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and his name is Frank Shaver. Why are they connected? Why does Frank have a relationship with a drug dealer of this drug? Ah,、huh? that's the question. Well, you can guess why. Now, another thing is this: there's a man who's trying to investigate what's going on with this drug. His name is Art, and he's played by Jamie Fox. Hmm. What is he looking for? What is he up、right. to? Yeah. There's someone connected to Dominique's character,、uh, Robin, her cousin. Her cousin. Has the drug is selling the drug, and Art finds the cousin. What do you think happens? Now, the thing is, if you have five minutes of superpowers, can someone stop you? How can they stop you? In what way? That's the question. Is there any way to stop someone on the drug if you're not on the drug? Oh, interesting.、Mm-hmm. So Art is trying to get to something. Now, Frank, the cop, his boss, played by Courtney B. Vance. Yeah. <laughs> tasks him with finding the source of this drug, and he tells Frank that the source is Art. But what does that mean? Is it true? If so, again, what does that mean? Art is the source. What? So he's the one who's supplying this drug. Is that what they're saying? Now we know that there is a rich lady, played by Amy Landecker, who wants to get this drug out across the world. So really, New Orleans is a testing ground, so they can prove to the buyer that it works.、Hmm. So isn't she the source? Now, along the way, the three of them do connect, but connect how? And in the end, who's the source? Who's not the source? What does all of this mean? What are the motivations for all of them? Really, what are they really going after? And will this drug actually make its way across the globe before someone can stop it? Who can you trust? Who can't you trust? Or is it both for more than one person? Now,、right、these kinds of stories appeal to me, as you know, Ref. Yeah. Limitless. You know, I love it. TV show as well. Love the TV show, the movie. I read the book. Oh wow. Okay. This is my kind of thing. And the thing is, we have so many superhero TV shows, movies, and so on. We're drowning in them. But at least this isn't from Marvel or DC. So, if you want that kind of thing and a break from those、uh, mega worlds, those universes, then maybe this is for you. However, it's、uh, not as good as Limitless. No, it also smells like Lucy. Lucy, it sounds Lucy with、um, Scarlett Johansson. Uh huh. Exactly. 
Lucy is better oh. than this. Oh. Because the writing here is not good. And oh. this is going back to what we were talking about, Ref. We were talking about Lovecraft Country. If you're gonna make comments, your writing better be in place, your artistry better be in place. This is not. I did not need the comments on, oh, you know about Henrietta Lacks? Yes, but I don't need to learn about it here. Not with this writing. Sorry. <laughs> and it's obvious, we can see what's going on. They're in a black city, a chocolate city, giving black people drugs on the street for free as guinea pigs. We get it. We know the Tuskegee experiment. If you don't know, you're not going to learn it here. <laughs> like, I don't need that. Just have that be in the background for those of us in the know and go, ooh, I know what's going on. Then at least it's interesting and make this just a regular old action movie. But that's not what they wanted. And that got in the way. Also, I have to say that, look, Jamie Foxx, I love Jamie Foxx, but we all know that Jamie Foxx is not always on. This is not <laughs> one of his best performances. Gotta say it. Mm, well, not there it is. Not one of his best. Joseph Gordon-Levitt does what he does. Dominique is fine. No problem with Dominique. Um, I like Dominique in uh, that 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 show on HBO with the, with the hookers. So, well, <laughs> you, the deuce. <laughs> you have to clarify. <laughs> Why did you call them hookers? <laughs> they would have called them men in the show. So the deuce. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I can't even. She was also at Show Me a Hero on HBO. Yeah, this let's is get a... some other ones. <laughs> but she Poor did girl. really good work in The Deuce. I'm serious, she did I'm really sure good work. I'm sure you thought she did. She did. I'm serious. <laughs> and her character has a nice arc in The Deuce. Anyway. Okay. All right. <laughs> she comes out of the life. Okay. Oh, now. Okay. <laughs> oh. Good so she's fine here. So I would say, everybody, if this is your kind of thing, this is your kind of story, and you're willing to just ignore some of the bad writing, you're willing to ignore that, oh, yeah, there's, there's a moment, Ref, where Dominique's character is in trouble. I won't tell you why. And there's this, you know, uh, phone number you can call if you're in trouble and you're a drug dealer. She calls, gets immediately into the guy who's, like, in charge. It's ridiculous. Like, they wouldn't let that happen. Anyway, so if you're willing to turn your brain off and just watch this, I didn't mind the action sequences at all. I did finish it. It wasn't terrible. It's Was just, the FX on, good, at least? Like, you know what I mean? Like, the um, uh, v VFX. Yeah, yeah. It, all of that is it's fine. It's not cheesy. Okay, good. Yeah, all of that is fine. You'll be entertained by it as long as you can ignore many of its flaws. Oh, boy. Well, it's on Netflix Project Power. You can check it out there. Let's move on to a sneak peek. Whoa. Oh, why watch that sneak peek? You know, we, we get those sneak peeks and, and they're, they're like treasured, you know, it's, it's the coin that you have to dust off and realize that oh my gosh this may be worth something that's the way i feel like our sneak peeks have been lately i'm not trying to be funny i'm it's not saying that everything is bad out there it's just such a slim you know everyone's saving their um uh films for a theatrical release when it's we can like actually the, the gold do it. prospector in the battle to buster scrubs <laughs> yes all of that exactly it's important <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm gonna have to go back and see that. Um, <laughs> yeah, nothing important. Okay, let's move on to something that you probably couldn't be more opposite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, literally, and it's called the personal history of David Copperfield. Now, I this was at TIFF. And I, I think it was like maybe opening night or something like that. And I, I just, I don't think I could get there to see it. But you got a chance to see it. And it is um, directed by Armando Iannucci. It also is written by him along with Simon Blackwell. But if, in case you're like, wait a minute, hold on. I know this. I know this. It's based on Charles Dickens' novel. So, you know, yeah. Charles Dickens. Oh, Viva. Oh, Viva. Scrooge and I mean there's so many Charles Dickens now you aren't the biggest Charles Dickens fan of of some of his work I love when his work is adapted for TV and film so we'll see how this pans out now we have starring the titular role Dev Patel who we love Slumdog Millionaire um, playing David Copperfield of course Hugh Lowry I mean, look at this list. It's a who's who. Yeah. Uh, uh, Tilda Swinton. Okay, now we're getting weird. <laughs> Keenan, well, we it's are. really you know, rough. It's really Hugh Laurie with Tilda Swinton. <laughs> oh, now that's even... Oh, I can't wait to... Well, yeah, I can't wait for you to, to dig into this. Peter Capaldi, um, who you may not know the name, but you will certainly know this man's face. Yeah, Doctor Who. Oh, well, Doctor Who. So mm-hmm. then all of a sudden now everybody's like, okay, got it. And then other very famous English actors, not to uh, ignore one of the fam- one of the uh, popular ones, Gwendolyn Christie. So anytime you have Tilda, Gwendolyn, and Hugh, uh, my ears are completely open. What the heck is going on here? <laughs> I mean, I'm yeah. I'm literally scrolling through these mm-hmm. actors, and you 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 will know a number of these people. That's right. And, and just to clarify, because I know the listeners were, were like, what? Did she just say that the critic doesn't like Charles Dickens? No, no, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 no. I don't like Charles Dickens' prose. <laughs> well, so, okay. Meaning the literal writing, it just doesn't click for me, except for Great Expectations. I did that's, enjoy that. That's kind of a huge... I can go ahead and, and stand by my comment then. Because mm-hmm. because I know the listeners are like, what the what? How dare you? <laughs> but what I do love about Charles Dickens is the characters and plot. So when I see it adapted, I enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> Except for Great Expectations. I loved reading that book. Now, oh. the uh, original title or the alternative title of David Copperfield, by the way, because you might be going, why is it called The Personal History of David Copperfield? Well, the full title is The Personal History Adventures Experience and Observation of David Copperfield, the Younger of Blunderstone Rookery. Oh my gosh, who, what? And this book, by the way, everybody, is semi-autobiographical for Mr. Dickens. So, okay. And it actually has elements of some of his other work. Um, if we go to Oliver, which preceded it, that it has some elements of that. If you go forward to Great Expectations and even a bit of Little Dorrit, which is a great miniseries, by the way, if you haven't seen it. Uh, with the one and only Queen herself. Queen, the first one. Claire Foy. Yes. 
among others, and Tati Coram and all of them. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. Yes. So watch that if you haven't done so already. So what about this though? In this movie at the beginning, we see Dev Patel as David. He's on the stage. He's narrating a story. Seems like his life story. And on this stage, we are then thrust into his life. Literally, we go backstage into his life. And we see him as a little kid. His father has died. He's living with his mother. And they have a nanny there who loves David. David loves her. Loves her so much that he spends time with her family off by the water. Now, interrupting this beautiful, wonderful, uh, you know, embrace of this nanny's family of David is David's eventual stepfather. He literally grabs him out of that. I won't tell you how that looks. And he looks at David and says, okay, we need to educate you. And this man and his sister, who's played by Gwendolyn Christie, (laughs) they're quite the pair. I bet. David is so flustered by them, he can't really follow the lessons. So, you know, Gwendolyn Christie, Jane uh, Murdstone is her name. It's like, oh, he can't learn it. He can't learn it. In his face while he's trying to learn. Edward Murdstone, her brother, played by Darren Boyd, is like, be quiet to her. His mother is like, oh, David, you know, help David take it easy. He's saying be quiet to her too. So he's quieting his sister who's against David. He's quieting the mother and he's frustrated with David himself. So because of this, he says, okay, we're sending you away. So he sends him from the countryside into London. And where does he go? Is this some sort of boarding school? What is it? I won't tell you, but it's Charles. please. (laughs) It's Charles Dickens. That's right. It is Charles Dickens. So you know it's not going to be anything pleasant. And while there, he boards with a man who owes a lot of people money. Oh, boy. That's where we get a bit of Little Dorrit. He might be going to debtor's prison if he gets captured. Oh, boy. But he slinks and runs and, and finds his way out of the grasp of these collectors. They come to his house, though. Now, David is being cared for by this man and his family. Uh, David's stepfather does send them money so he can be fed and clothed and housed. But how does that look? And across the years, David grows up in this situation until something very bad happens which necessitates him going back to the countryside. He also splits fully with his family, except for an aunt. Who is played by? Tilda Swinton. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, his aunt Betsy Trotwood, who is a woman of means, okay? And this is a period piece. Remember, it's semi-autobiographical for Charles Dickens. This is, you know, the 19th century. So, okay, now in an early scene, we see this aunt come into the house when David is being uh, born. And she thinks it's gonna be a daughter. She has all of these plans for this niece. When she finds it ain't a niece, it's a nephew, she says, okay, goodbye. (laughs) Gone forever. (laughs) So we're like, okay, David, why are you going to her? Well, she does take him in and living with her is a man played by Hugh Laurie, Mr. Dick. (laughs) And Mr. Dick is a space cadet. Okay, (laughs) let's just put it that way. But why? What's really going on with him? There's also a neighbor who's involved in the money, I'll say, with his aunt. And this neighbor is played by Benedict Wong. 
Oh, I didn't see him on there. Yeah. Okay, so already you're going to have to explain yourself after you're done with this plot. Because uh-huh. So Benedict Wong is there. He has a daughter. How do the daughter and David get along? That's a question. And while David is now with his aunt, he goes to a new school with people his age. He's now almost grown. And there's someone from the past who comes in to be a teacher, but does that last long? Also, there's somebody slinking around at this school who might have malice intent for David. Oh, no. But in the end, the personal history of David Copperfield, he's writing this. So he, along the way, has been taking down interesting quotes from people in his life ever since he was a little kid. So we can see how this is going to build into a book. He's becoming a writer, just like Charles Dickens did. But in the end, will this story have a bittersweet ending or just bitter or just sweet? That's Hmm. the question. Now, for the review. Oh, yeah, I don't like the tone of your voice. (laughs) The cast is amazing. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even say everybody in the cast. Amazing cast of of British uh, uh, stars of both stage and screen. Now, as you were saying, Ref, when you think of the cast, you go, wait a minute, Benedict Wong, Dev Patel, and others. This is a period piece. Right. So it is a diverse cast that they do not comment on that. No comment. Oh, okay. Got it. So it does colorblind casting all the way, which is interesting to see in this kind of period piece. You know, they're not playing slaves and indentured servants and things like that. Um, because there is, in the story, David, his one of his best friends, when he finally meets his aunt again, one of his best friends plays a pivotal role at the end of this movie. And this best friend is very wealthy. His mother is played by Nika Amuka Bird. Now, if you've seen Luther, you know who she is. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Nikki Amuka Bird, I should say. So it's like, oh, okay. Black woman, finger up, drinking tea, looking down at David going, don't you know how much money we got? (laughs) So that was interesting to watch. What was also interesting, because if you mentioned how Armando Iannucci directed and co-wrote the screenplay here, he is known for comedies. Hmm. He's known for Veep, for instance. Oh. We know that. So it's like, okay, are we going to have some of that comedic edge to this. Yeah, you do have a bit of that. And he brings in certain moments, just it's like a fantasy from a child's mind. I mentioned how David's stepfather comes in and yanks him out of his nanny's family. How does that look? There's also even a scene where they're, they're just standing around talking and then the next scene is on a train and the train comes through that scene, straight through it. Oh, I wanted more of that. I think if they did even more of that kind of fantastical presentation, this would have clicked even more. Because the problem here is, this is really a bunch of vignettes, and none of them land. Oh. We just feel like we're just going from one moment to the next without it dropping down. And you have to have that when you're telling a story. So that was the problem. It didn't really land for me. Also, watching these actors, these are great actors, and they did not land the beat. That is a problem. Whoa! I don't know if it was an editing issue or not, Ref. It was off. And I could tell they were trying for it because they, there are certain scenes where they have one line, the next line, the next line, like with the stepfather, his sister, and David's mother and David trying to learn. It didn't click. 
So what I'll say is, if you're interested in the personal history of David Copperfield, it is in limited theatrical release. So it is not going to be video on demand or anything like that for now on August 28th. So if you're thinking of going out to see this and you're going, okay, it's about a kid, would this work for families, things like that. It can work for kids as long as they are of the literary bent. That's what I'll say. Mm. If your kid likes to read, not meaning here you read this child, your kid wants to read, is interested in that, liked Oliver, for instance, then I think this would be fine. Um, If you don't have that kind of kid, if your kid is not really interested in reading, I don't know that it would work. Uh, But again, there are moments of brilliance here, but it just didn't come together all the way, unfortunately. Well, you heard the critic. It's coming out the 28th. And you can decide. Well, first of all, you're going to have to look it up and see because it's not going to be everywhere. But you can decide if you want to venture out or not. I mean, many theaters are still closed, so I'm not sure, you know, where you can see this. But you, you fish around. And, um, of course, uh, we gave you a variety here. <laughs> I don't think that we can, you know, keep delivering this at this pace unless fall tv comes because what's gonna get it's coming though thankfully it is coming. okay well thankfully (laughs) it's coming but um until then enjoy the rest of your summer i mean why not uh get your mask grab you know grab the kids get in the car and go to a secluded something yeah and if you're really really bored we got you covered with tv and uh, maybe with a with a film here and there. Thanks for listening. For additional resources, visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea. And we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you.